Support for WABE comes from Virtual Imaging. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Utilizing low-dose radiation scans that reveal cancers, cardiac issues, precursors of dementia, and more. Information about early health screenings at virtualimagingatl.com. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. I've had this idea as I've been visiting Forest Cove that the condition issues developed recently. The complex probably started out fine, then declined over time as owners refused to invest in it. But as I researched the property and archives, I discovered there were red flags much earlier. This is the last year at Forest Cove. I'm Stephanie Stokes, WABE's housing reporter. In this episode, we look at the complex's past, long before the private companies Millennia or Global Ministries Foundation got involved, going all the way back to the late 1960s. At the time, Atlanta was reshaping the city. There was a huge push to get rid of neighborhoods that leaders called slums. Stations like WSB were all over the effort. Absolute shacks, not even doors on these houses. They wash the dishes and they throw the water out the window. Newspapers, meanwhile, published a flurry of stories and editorials. One in the Atlanta Constitution was dramatic. Blighted areas stab at Atlanta's heart, it said. People were shocked at how some of Atlanta's residents were living. But this borders on criminal negligence to have some people living in a house like this. Demolishing these blocks of rundown shotgun houses and rentals wasn't too hard. The city used the federal program known as Urban Renewal. But figuring out where displaced people would go was more difficult. The problem is simply this. This is Mayor Ivan Allen in 1966. Atlanta does not have the housing to meet the needs of persons to be relocated by present or future governmental action which will be necessary for the continued progress of this city. So as it was tearing down low-income neighborhoods, the city was also in a frenzy to build low-income housing. And this is when plans for Forest Cove began. The U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development gave out a special loan to fund the project. And in the early 70s, rows of square townhomes opened off McDonough Boulevard on former federal prison land. They were nice. At least that's what I hear from the people who stayed in the new units. I managed to reach a few like Wilbur Yancey. We moved to uh, First Cove back uh, January 2nd, 1975, the day after New Year's. Even though he was 11, he has clear memories. Why do you, um, why do you remember the specific day, just because it was right after New Year's? Uh, well, this was the first time that I ever experienced a move with my family. And so it was just something exciting, like, wow, we're going to move. So I I never forget it. (laughs) His family was coming from an old house in the Summerhill neighborhood. Inside the freshly built townhomes, he says he and his siblings were in awe. Everything was so clean. It was so new. Uh, I wasn't at that time even familiar with the garbage uh, disposal. I was like, oh, my God. Wow. So we can put stuff in there. The bathroom also had a sink, something Yancey's family never had. It was just an exciting time for us. The sign outside the townhome said Seasons 4, though people often called them Four Seasons. Legal papers used the name Villa Monte Homes. Back then, the complex was a cooperative for families of different incomes. 
residence rent went toward the mortgage. McRae Watson, who came as a teenager, remembers calm patio barbecues. Hiwasia Briley says the community looked after each other. It was, it was a good place. It was peaceful and quiet, no drama. It was like somewhere that you would take your family. But in the archives, I find problems were already developing. Shortly after the townhomes opened in 1976, the Atlanta Constitution published an investigation with another dramatic headline, A Housing Dream Shatters. In some units, it said ceilings were coming apart because of water damage, pipes were bursting in the winter, and bathroom sinks were falling out of the walls. Despite the clean new veneer, the construction was shoddy. The story blamed HUD for not holding the builder responsible. The agency was supposed to inspect the townhomes before they opened. I learned this type of negligence was widespread across the country. Ed Getz is a professor of urban planning at the University of Minnesota. There were problems of fraud and abuse in many of the programs that HUD was running, so much so that President Nixon essentially called a moratorium on new units in the early 1970s. He says part of the issue was HUD was this new agency. Congress only created it in the 1960s. So it wasn't very old, but it had a a kind of rapidly growing portfolio in terms of public housing and then the kinds of privately owned but publicly subsidized buildings like the one that you're reporting on. The Forest Cove property. It was one of several new federally funded developments in Atlanta with design defects, serious leaks, fire safety concerns, erosion. One complex in northwest Atlanta was built so poorly, HUD demolished it after only four years. But although these stories made the news, I can't identify much change that came of the attention. In the decades-old articles, I see one person tried. To start, could you introduce yourself? He's now 91 years old. What? Could you introduce yourself to start? I'm a little soft-spoken for him. Say your name. Say who you are. My name is Elliot Levitis. Elliot Levitis, a former congressman. I meet him and his family at his home near Emory University. He still remembers his outrage over the poor construction work in Atlanta's HUD projects. It's an amazing waste of taxpayer money. But more important is the fact that you've got people living under those conditions. In the late 70s, he decided to launch an investigation in Congress. It spanned a couple years. Eventually, Levitas got HUD to admit failures of oversight at every level. But looking back now at the much older housing agency, he doesn't see lasting progress. You've got to have a system that's structured to do follow-through. He says people didn't stay on the problem long enough to fix it. Member of Congress will spot this issue, say this is terrible, and journalists will say, yeah, you're right, look at this. And 30 days later, it's off the agenda. Which is what happened at Forest Cove. All those years ago, when the Atlanta Constitution published its news investigation, Forest Cove's situation didn't improve. By the early 1980s, the cooperative that ran the complex said it was still spending so much money fixing defects, it couldn't afford its federal mortgage. HUD had to look for a new owner. 
It estimated the decade-old property needed $4 million in repairs. Around this time, the complex changed from a cooperative model to fully low-income subsidized housing. From that point, the former residents I interview remember the property declining. Until it got to its current state, where many townhomes are abandoned and open, full of trash, and 200 families are still waiting for a better place to stay. What do you think about, you know, what, what ended up happening to the place? It's in really terrible shape now. Hiwassia Briley moved back to Forest Cove in the 2000s before leaving again several years ago. And I feel like um, the people that's left over there, they don't deserve it. Those kids don't deserve it. Wilbur Yancey has just driven by. I saw units that just looked like they had been gutted out, looked like they were about to fall in. Uh, trash was overrun. It really looked horrible. For McCray Watson, it's tough to square the level of disrepair with his old fond memories. It's just went from that to being what it is now, an eyesore. And uh, you wonder how it got to be that. With this history, though, maybe it's no wonder. Maybe Forest Cove was doomed from the start. Stay tuned as we follow what's next for the families that still live at Forest Cove. I'm Stephanie Stokes with WABE. This is the last year at Forest Cove.